Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, the pastor of West Bradenton Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida, Josh King, the pastor of Saxe's Church in Saxe, Texas, and me, Micah Fries, the pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're glad you're here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of EST, the podcast for the Established Church and for those of you who love the Established Church. My name is Sam Rayner, and I am here with my co-host, Josh King, and uh, we are talking about goal setting. It's early in the year in 2017, and probably a good time to be thinking about what you want to accomplish in the future and how you're going to do it and how you're going to lead your staff. So, uh, Josh, do you set goals? Is that is that something you do? Or, or you know, I know you're crazy OCD, but mm. are you a goal setter? Are you a planner? Is is that something that you work through? I am, and I'll do more. Well, I guess we should say just just for a note, those of you who are maybe missing, hey, where's the, where's the um, where's the good looking guy, Micah? Uh, well, he's still over in Africa at the time of this recording, and so we should be praying for him as he uh, he and his family have adopted uh, their son. Uh, Haddon, Haddon is his name, and then he's got a really long African middle name that I I don't know how to pronounce. So we're we're very thankful that Haddon is now in their life, in all of our lives. And uh, but yeah, back to the topic goals. I, you know, I did a five year plan, and then I kind of um, shrunk that down to bite size sort of objectives. And um, I've been operating on that five year plan for about three years now. So we're kind of rolling in the middle of that, and. I am religiously daily goals, to-do list type of things, um, and I do those more on a week basis. Um, like for the next week, this is what I'm going to accomplish this week. Um, I'm less oriented towards the long-term sort of yearly goals, but yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah, I'm definitely a task maker. So what I do every Sunday night is I sit down and I map out the week. So you know, I, I look at you know what what's due, what is happening, what meetings I have, and you know I coordinate. I'm pretty bad about it. By bad, I mean I, I do it a lot. So I coordinate down to like 15-minute increments mm-hmm. um, for the whole week. Um, but I'm always thinking about the long-term goals too. I put them on a whiteboard that's um, – listeners can't see this obviously, but I'm sitting right in front of it. And it just – it's always right there in front of me reminding me, hey, you know, th- these are your long-term goals, at least long-term in the sense of a year. Um, don't don't forget about them and then i'll break it down even further and put some timelines in it so you know if i Mm. want to accomplish something major um you know it may take a whole year such as you know i'm working with our personnel committee on rewriting job descriptions Mm. um for the entire staff so it's just time to do that um so you know we have only have so many meetings a year so we probably need to set it up to where we do one a month or or something like that and and put some timelines in place so yeah I'm, i'm always thinking in that way too um, although how, do, how does um weekly schedule do you have sort of a rhythm to your week like for me tuesdays are study day do you have that yeah yeah i do um i uh mondays for me is uh is sermon research day mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i try to because you know I, I preach at least three times on a sunday mm-hmm. so you know, I'm pretty worn out, and the whole like I don't know the phys- physiology of it. I've heard other people talk about it. You know, right. you just kind of come off the Sunday high, you know, and you know the adrenaline's low. So that's a good time for me just to be in my office and um, just studying. So mm-hmm. that Sundays is is study. Uh, excuse me, Mondays are study day after Sundays, 
And um, and then I meet with the worship pastors. We have a contemporary worship pastor and a traditional worship pastor here. And I'll meet with them that afternoon just to talk about um, the following Sunday, you know, what, what's coming up and what they what their ideas are. And at that point, I've got some things in my sermon rattling around in my head so I can tell them kind of where I'm going. Mm. Um, Tuesdays are meeting days for me. So staff meeting occurs basically all morning um, on Tuesday morning up till about lunch. Um, and it's highly operational, lots of nuts and bolts, you know, thinking – really 30 days out on the operations of everything. Um, and usually Tuesday afternoons, I'm writing a draft of my sermon. So after all the meetings, sometime Tuesday afternoons, I'm putting a framework to my sermon together and then sending that on. Um, Wednesdays, uh, you know, those are counseling days, typically. I do a lot of counseling, uh, one-on-one type stuff. Um, I'm, uh, you know, you know, if, I, if I'm teaching on Wednesday night, I'll, I'll probably put together – it's a d- devotional. I'll, I'll put that together as well. Um, Thursdays are a little more open um, just for hospitals and, and different things. Um, you know, I might be – I might get pushed back in the week on something, so right. I, I kind of leave Thursdays open. And then Fridays are my writing days. I, I, Fridays and Saturdays I try to write mm-hmm. um, as much as I can, um, you know, whatever I'm writing on. Um, and then – Saturdays as well are, are family days. So either some Fridays are family days, some Saturdays are family days. Um, but the, the one that isn't, I'm I'm writing that day. And then Sunday rolls around, we do it all over again, right? How about you? Uh, very similar. I mean, I have these blocks. I'm very, you know, like the large blocks or large rocks that you put into the container. You put those in first and then you have, you know. And so Thursday is completely open. I don't schedule much there. Anytime somebody wants to get coffee or lunch, I'll usually kind of bump that over to Thursday because then I can take, you know, lunch can go two hours. It's fine. Um, I've got a free day there. Mondays I sketch out. I read everything I can on the text. Um, by Tuesday afternoon, I usually have it really kind of um, sketched out, skeleton, some some muscle and flesh on it a little bit. Thursday morning I have to um, make sure that all of our discussion guys, because we do sermon-based small group, so I have to make sure all of those questions are in and um, – the weekly tweet, we have to do the weekly artwork that's going to go shared on everything. We have to do um, the questions and the text. So there's a lot of things I have to turn in by Thursday morning to our, um, our our other staff. And In fact, I've empowered them to kind of, you know, bust me if I'm, hey, we got to get that in now. And so I, I kind of, you know, it's a team approach to that. And then I just let the other things kind of funnel through there, and I'll try to tackle them as I get time. And I've really found that to be um, pretty good. Hey, let me ask you this. If 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 there's a, a pastor listening and they're like, you know, I want to do kind of a weekly goals like that, I think that might be helpful. Do you use any programs or software? Are you just the old pad and paper kind of guy? Oh, no. I, I Everything is in the cloud for me. Mm. So I'm on Google, Google Calendar. I mm. mean, the whole staff has Google. We're all in Google Calendar. We have, you know, a, a vacation uh, calendar. Mm-hmm. We have a master calendar with all the the church events and room assignments. I have my own personal calendar, but it's all Google based, so you can subscribe. In Google, you can subscribe to other calendars, right? Um, and then you can click on or off of them, you know, because it gets real cluttered in one view if you have them all clicked on. Right. But you can click, and my wife has access to my calendar, and that way she has her own calendar. Right. So for sake of accountability, um, we do that. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 cloud based in that way. It comes into my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't I don't do anything pen and pad except yeah. for maybe some journaling, like prayer journaling and things like that. I'm I'm pretty much all on the computer. We're the same way. You we we kind of use it the same way, except for I use Google Keep. 
Uh, it's got a checkbox. It's 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 easier for my weekly because I'm just gonna work through those and then I archive them. I don't. Yeah. Man, when when I was a student pastor, I read. Uh, I guess it was what was the guy out in Saddleback, the youth pastor that was kind of he was Rick's youth pastor. You remember him? He did a purpose driven student ministry, and um, Doug Fields is what yeah. kind of that's yeah. And he he actually encouraged everybody to keep a record. You keep a record of what you do because occasionally somebody might accuse the pastor of not doing anything. And no. so yeah, so that I never just kinda, happens. I kind of archive my to do list, <laughs> and so use, later on, I yeah. use Google Keep. I use Google Keep for reminders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if someone will tell me something, and I've just got my phone on me. You know, I'll I'll take that note in Google mm-hmm. Keep. And then set the reminder for when I know I'm going to be back in the office or the next day so that I can remember to write it down or put it in my calendar later on. Yeah. Um, so I, I use it for that. I don't necessarily use it for task lists. But if, you don't, if, you, if you've never checked out Google Keep, it's definitely a great tool. It's, it's something that – it's super easy to use and it's, it's a great tool. And maybe so let me ask you this, Josh. To, uh, go ahead. What? I was going to – when do you do email? Because it's like the bane of my existence. When do Man. you do email? Well, you have already mentioned uh, maybe it was in another show we did, but I am I am meticulously OCD. So I usually start and finish, and usually two or three times a day, my bo- inbox is zero, and so that is a thing that regularly happens. I do use another Google product. I use Inbox for Gmail, and uh, it and, and what I like about that, and there's other software out there. I'm, I'm sure there's some Apple versions, but it it allows me to. Um, kind of boomerang. I think boomerang was a program, but um, if I get an email, let's say towards the end of the day, I can say, ah, I really want to deal with that on Thursday morning. And it'll, I can set a little timer thing and it'll come back Thursday morning or I'll, I'll do this next Monday and I'll set a little, um, I can switch it out or I can archive them or I can delete them. So I'll go through first thing in the morning, go to inbox zero. And then before I leave inbox zero, and um, that really keeps me kind of, in, in check. So you you can't have an email just sitting there. No. So you have to use a program that gets rid of the email for a little bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then comes back to you later on. Right. When I want to deal so with it. So you're that. See, I'm OCD, but I'm not that OCD. Yeah. And when it comes back, I deal with it right away. You know, my wife, uh, I mean, I shouldn't maybe not say this, but she can she can ignore a phone call. So if you call her and she just doesn't want to talk. <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, I'm going go to. ahead. She can ignore that. That drives me insane. Not that she does that, but like if you're calling me, even if you're spamming me, I still feel rude not answering. So I have to really? answer. Yeah. Isn't that Dude, weird? Man, I, I I will ignore just about every phone call unless mm-hmm. I know the person sure. and sure. I know why they're calling. And I just and, and if you don't leave me a voicemail, mm-hmm. it's not important. Man, I always respond to the the voicemail. I respond to the text. I respond to the I answer the door. I don't care. I just, I always do that. And I, I feel like I get more done because I dismiss things quicker. So it's like, that's done. I don't have to well, wait later. You're, you're just task oriented. Yeah. I you're know. highly task oriented. I'm weird. Yeah. I do my emails at night. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, vegging out, watching whatever it is on TV uh, or, you know, trying to read blogs and do emails all at the same time. So sure. yeah, usually after the kids go to bed, my wife, she's not a night owl. She'll, she'll go to bed a little earlier. You know, I'll, uh, that's typically when I get to my emails. I just, I don't, you know, I used to be able to do them during the day, mm-hmm. but man, I just, I just don't have time anymore yeah. to, to get to them during the day. So I, I'm, I'm pretty much getting them done at, at night. Um, but so if I don't reply, I, I do zero my inbox out though. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. 
you know, 48 hours. That's kind of my timeline. I've worked very hard to at least respond to an email or at least resolve the email within 48 hours. So mm-hmm. if you ever email me and it's been a week and I haven't gotten back with you, it's, it's likely that it went it into my spam last. box. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't I see kn- it. I do know our co-host who is not with us, so we can talk trash about him. He is not. We really, we really should talk more. You know, he's been gone so long. I just forgot about him. (laughs) He just does the intro. Yeah, he just. Yeah, where's Micah? He he is not this way. I think that you know he right now, particularly the fact that he's out of country, may have a couple thousand emails, and it doesn't bother him. It's he's he's not this way at all. So we should tell our listeners just to to email email him. Random and strange Random questions. questions. Yeah, yeah. That's what he – he's a pastor, and pastors are just sitting around waiting to answer your random and strange questions. But So, for, okay. Go ahead. I, I know this is all about goal setting, and we'll, we'll get to that. But one of my biggest pet peeves with an email mm-hmm. is one that is longer than like three sentences. Mm. You know, if you're going to send me – now, sometimes church members send me stories that they want to share, sure. and that's fine. I, I yeah. get that. You know, I'm – you know, if someone says, hey, here's how God has worked in my life, and it's a few paragraphs, and, and they just want to work through it in writing, I, I understand that. But for, for most emails, if you have to type, like, 15 paragraphs to explain mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. that is not the best way to communicate with me. Should have called. <laughs> Should have called or come to the office. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that, there, there's some email etiquette that all of our listeners would do well to look up. Um, there's several sites out there that just really help you kind of, okay. And, you know, you don't have to respond to every email. If somebody says, I'll be there, good, they'll be there. You don't have to say, okay, I'll be there too. You know, you don't have to follow. <laughs> that. That's just that email clutter. So let's, let's kind of help to get away with that. But, I mean, so far with the idea of goals, I would encourage – especially maybe bivocational pastors or smaller church pastors. You don't have staff. And I know a lot of them feel like, man, if I had an office manager, if I had a secretary, that would really help me out. I'm telling you, learn the programs that are free and available. Google has a great suite of programs that help you collaborate, help you plan things. That'll really help you. It's almost like having a secretary. If you got, if you really know Google Calendar, if you really know Google Drive, Google Keep, those things can all work sort of in your benefits. If you if you spend a, just a little bit of time kind of learning those things, it'll save you some money in the long run. So goals. You've got a blog post, right? You did a good I did. blog post. I, I, yeah. I wrote a blog and it got a little bit of traction. I mm-hmm. won't I won't say that it went viral. Right. Because um, everything that, that, seems to go viral these days. Yeah, that would that would be overstating it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really think any of my blogs go viral. But, but it was um, huge. It was huge. It, it was for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it got it yeah. got a little traction. So, um, and I think it's because this is something that people struggle with um, mm-hmm. is this idea of setting good goals, not just goals, but setting good goals, ones that are you know a, you can accomplish, ones that you can work through. Um, and so, this is something I do with my staff every year. Uh, you would have to call them and talk to them to hear if uh, if I actually do it well or not. But it is something that I attempt is to sit down with the staff. And if you don't have a staff, certainly have ministry leaders in right. your church that mm-hmm. would benefit from this. So if, if you're if you're a sole pastor, you know, certainly you could do this with whatever group you, you minister with in your church. So I'm going to talk about it from a staff perspective, but it, it applies obviously to to any number of groups. So let me just, you know, just bear with me here. I'm going to walk through some of this. And Josh, you, you, you chime in um, as, a, as I know you will. Um, yep. And and the first thing that I would say that you need to do, so 
obviously setting goals at the beginning of the year is probably a good thing to do. Most churches are on a budget cycle of a calendar year, so it makes sense that, you know, you would you would set goals on an annual basis, you know, December, January, somewhere in that time frame. And and so what I do is when I'm working with my staff, I let them set their own goals. That's that's the first step. So if you Well, they are adults. Met, so that can work. That yeah, helps, right? Here's the thing. If your staff can't set their own goals, then you got bigger issues with that person, right. you know? You need to work on something there. Mm-hmm. You got you got a lot of other things to work on. So assuming that you have staff that are pretty good at what they do mm-hmm. um, or ministry leaders that are pretty good at what they do, um, they should be capable of writing their own goals. And if you just feel – and I'll just say this. If you feel the need to like write everyone's goals for them, um, that's micromanagement and closing in on being a tyrant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got to give people ownership and freedom where they're serving. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but here's the kicker: let them write their own goals, but then you get to negotiate with them hmm. if you're the lead pastor or if you're the team leader or whoever it is. So, um, everyone writes their own goals, but then that you do have to speak into whether those goals are good goals or which ones are good and which ones aren't. Um, so, I would say start there. Let let people write their own goals, but then negotiate with them on those goals. Um, the second thing that I would I would say is those goals need to be specific. So, um, you know, if you're a lead pastor and one of your goals is to preach more passionately, that's not a very good goal. That how do you measure that? How do you how do you put a marker on that? I mean, it may be something you need to do, but that's that's not a very good goal. Is you know, mm. this year I'm going to learn to preach more passionately. That's way too vague. Um, but you know. A good goal, a good example of a, a specific goal would be, hey, we're going to start a children's choir for elementary children during the Wednesday programming, and we're going to do that by the second quarter. That's, now you've got a goal. You've got a, a very smart good goal. goal. Specific, smart measurable, goal. attainable, all that. Yeah, you're just – that's where I kind of got some of these ideas. Yeah. But, you know, but I don't good remember ideas. what the RT, RT was, so uh, you got a small goal, a small <laughs> time timetable. Uh, time, time yeah, I don't know what the um, R is. Responsible, religious, religious, religious. We're pastors. (laughs) (laughs) We are talking to church leaders. Yeah, that's right. Um, Make it religious. So yeah, let people write their own goals. Make sure they're specific goals, and then um, on the measuring side. So we're talking about smart goals, measurable goals. Mm -hmm. You have these two things called lead and lag measures, and I don't want to get too technical and bore people on the podcast, but you know. Here's one way to look at it. So I want to lose 20 pounds this year. Um, You know, I probably do need to lose a few pounds. Um, That's a lag measure, right? Because that's performance. That's the end game. I I want to lose 20 pounds. So that's the lag measure. The lead measure would be I'm going to work out three times a week to accomplish that goal. So anytime you're making goals, you need to make sure you have both lag and lead measures. The lag says here's what I'm going to do. The lead measure says, Here I, here's how I'm going to do it. So you've got the what and the how, the lag and the lead measure. Um, so let's just use an example of like, hey, I want to grow the choir by 20 people. I want to grow the choir by 20 people. That's the lag measure. So in this year, we want to see the choir grow by 20 people. So what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to call three people a week, 10 people a week, just to see if they're interested in the choir. I'm going to make a personal invite to them. I've heard that maybe they have some interest in music. So I'm just going to call and just see if they want to be a part of it. Well, there's your lead measure. And, yeah. you know, inevitably, if you follow your lead measures, I mean, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you'll hit your goal, 
But it's certainly a better way than just wandering around by on your own. Right, you'll get closer um, to it than stumbling into it. You're not going to stumble yeah. into losing 20 pounds. So you need to do something. So make that the goal, right? That That's kind of the summation of this idea. Yeah, the, the lead measures are just important as the lag measures. Sure. The how is just as important as the what. Absolutely. Um, and then with your staff, if, you know, if you're sitting down and writing uh, goals with staff and you're working with them on that, you know, I'd, I'd say you've you got to have timelines. Mm-hmm. I mean – you know, we're, we're going to do this. Okay, we're going to do this. That's great, but by when? Mm-hmm. You know, some goals may only take a couple of weeks. Other goals may take a whole year. And then you got to hold them accountable. You got to hold people accountable on an ongoing basis, so that when you get to that year-end review, which you should be doing with you know your staff, when you get to the year-end review, um, you know they're not surprised right at, at the results. Then you, you know, if, if staff are surprised, you haven't done your job. Right, and you know the measurable thing is really fair. If you're going to hold them accountable to something, they need to know what they're being held accountable to. And it really – it's clarifying the issue. If you go to them and like, hey, I thought you were going to invite somebody to small group this year. And uh, they said, well, I was, but we still have five days this year. And so you, you felt like they should have been done within the first week, and they felt like that was going to take all year to do just being measurable and holding them accountable is fair to them. It, yeah, and you can't just go to your, your your student ministry, whoever's leading it, and say we we need you to grow the student ministry. Mm-hmm. That, that's meaningless. Okay, right. well, well, of course, everybody wants their student ministries to grow. Right. Um, you know, you need to say, okay, what's reasonable here? That's the R. Mm-hmm. It's reasonable. Reasonable. Religiously reasonable. So that means we conservative just, theology. Is that what you're talking about, reasonable? <laughs> are you trying to, once again, trying to get us off Somebody's going to get mad. Hey, um, Josh Josh King, he is the king of getting us off, off topic, topic and making somebody mad. Let me, what about this? What do you say to the cat who's like, you know, these are all good, but these are all so number-oriented. Jesus wasn't worried about numbers. And so when you get into this goal situation... A lot of times the the pastor, you know, we, we need to be bigger, better, better church. But you can't really measure things like we need to have a better spirit at this church or, or something like that. What do you say? Well, first of all, is it bad to have numerical goals at church? No, of course not. Of course so, not. So let's say I want uh, I want to pastor a mega church. Is that is that a bad goal? That's probably a bad goal. Why is that? A I bad want goal? a pastor a mega church is probably a very bad goal for you. Why is that? A, well, for me, yes, because I'm I'm prideful and arrogant. No, I'm not but, saying. I'm just saying to anybody, if that's your it, goal, then if that's your goal in life, then I would say you probably need to rethink your calling. Maybe, maybe um, so. You know, I, I just feel this need to pastor a mega church. Yes. No, I don't. All right. So here's the deal, and and here's the common critique of goals like this. Yeah. It's not spirit led, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, or Jesus didn't care about numbers, and and I would say, you know. To the person who say that, you know, in the Bible, you know, you don't see a whole lot of numerical goals. You do see a lot of numbers yeah. um, being recorded, which does point to the fact that maybe that's important. But you really don't see a whole lot of uh-huh. uh, Jesus telling his disciples to go grow the church by 20%. Yeah, you, sure. you don't see that. Um, but I do believe they're important because of accountability mm-hmm. and and uh, making sure that you are doing what you said you would do. And to the person who would say, that's not spirit led, mm-hmm. um, I, I would I would ask them, do you set an alarm on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. or do you just wait for the spirit to wake you up? Yeah. 
I mean, if if you're so extreme on oh, that's not spirit led. I mean, it takes you to kind of a weird world of well, why would you do anything unless the spirit tells you to do it? Yeah. Um. So there has to be something in our routine that keeps a rhythm in place for us. Yeah, I think um, that's I think that's helpful. Another way to look at it is you know it just shows if you are aware. So. For instance, if you're if you're trying to pastor a church of two thousand in a town of one hundred and fifty, that's not going to happen. But you could have a goal there. Let's say you're in a town of a thousand, and your first goal there is to to share the gospel with ten percent, a hundred people this next year. That's a reasonable, attainable, godly goal. I think you know you're absolutely you're looking at what's there and saying this is what we're going to do, and so. You know, if you're in a town of 20,000 and your church has gone from 30 to 12 in the last year, something is wrong. Something. Now, I'm not saying we can put our finger on it. Maybe it's with the people. Maybe it's your preaching. Maybe, uh, you know, there's a, a various number of things. But these sort of goals help you to dissect what's wrong over time. And it's helpful in that way. I think people should yeah, and numbers pay attention. Also- yeah, numbers ultimately tell a story. I mean, any you know, if you're so focused on the numbers that every week they stress you out, mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's not a healthy thing either. But yeah, if over the course of five years you've lost half your people, then then that's a problem. And right. so they do help reveal things that um, you otherwise may not see because you can get into this what I call the you know not what I call what many people have called the frog in the kettle syndrome, you know mm-hmm. where. You know, things just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. You don't notice it because, you know, it's so gradual. So numbers, you know, analyzing them does help. And that's what goals help, too, is they help provide a roadmap for for where you want to go. And so, you know, let's say that you had a lead measure. I'm going to call three people a day or whatever it is to to accomplish some sort of objective. And for whatever reason, you know, you're you're doing your thing about that day and the time that you're supposed to be calling three people someone walks into your office and the lord says hey t- don't call your three people talk to that person right well, well that's what you need to do mm-hmm. but it's still important to have that goal it's still mm-hmm. important to go okay tomorrow you know I, I need to call these three people i didn't get to it today but i do need to follow up with that but you can still be spirit led you can still be someone who's not so focused on the numbers, even with these numerical goals. I, I, I think that there's a balance that needs to occur in, in churches. So yeah, I don't like the idea. I don't put quotas on my staff. I would okay. never do that. Well, I would good. never say um, to my student pastor, you really, mu- you really must grow the student ministry by 20% this year. Mm. You know, we may agree on a numerical goal together. Like, you know, he may say, you know, I think I can accomplish 20 more kids. I think I can get them in here. And you may have a, a way to do that, but I'm not going to dictate that to him. I don't. I don't right. think that's fair. I, so I don't. I've never liked the idea of quotas, but I do like the idea of numbers that hold us accountable. If mm. that makes sense, I mean, it, it does make. There's got to be some balance there. Now, uh, you and I talked before the show a little bit. You guys kind of are using sort of just a paper form to keep up with this stuff, and and that's a way to do it. Especially, you know, maybe that that's the easiest, the the simplest way to get into that. And I would encourage that. I did want to share about uh, develop.me a little bit. That's something our church has been using for the last several months, and uh, this will be the first full year to use it. It's free. It's available online. There's an app that goes along with it. Um, 
I'm pretty sure there's an app that goes along with it. Or the, the web version is so helpful. But anyways, if you're looking for something, maybe you've got a small staff or even a larger staff, it's a pretty neat little tool for setting measurable timetable type of goals and then following up with it, having somebody kind of oversee those. And and um, it's not just uh, it's not just long-range goals. It's also the development that goes into it. Hence, develop.me. So that's the web art address if somebody wants to go grab that, develop.me. Um, they didn't pay me to say that, but, you know, um, it's there. That's you the best kind of advertisement, right? Yeah. The one, the stuff you really believe in. I do believe in that. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts on this goal thing, encouragement for others? No, I would just say now's a good time to start. Let, yeah. you know, and, and start small. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if you're like, I've never set a goal in my life, start with one. Mm-hmm. And and work your way towards something. You know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Right. If you've never sat down and worked out goals with your staff, just just start small. Start with something that you know you can attain and and learn the rhythm and the uh, and the ways of of doing that. Um, so yeah, don't don't. I, it shouldn't stress you out. I mean, no. it should be something that excites you. It should be yeah. something that you get passionate about. It should be something that hey, I've got this goal. I want to accomplish it. It makes me get up in the morning and it makes me want to go do it. Yeah. I think I would just, you know, cap off this discussion with reminding people that numbers are just, they tell you a story. They don't tell you why, and they don't tell you what's going on necessarily. It tells you more of the what than the why. And so if you're looking at something, a lot of times we'll we'll look, oh, that guy must be a, a very good pastor. That church is large. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And, um, or, you know, that person over there must be really successful because uh, her ministry has all of these people in it. That's not necessarily the case. So, um, keeping track of the numbers helps, and which is a great segment segue at least into our 2017 kit that's available on our Twitter account. There, completely free. Uh, you don't have to pay anything at all, but it's just a very simple tool that uses Google sources um, to kind of map out a teaching schedule. Also, there's a uh, chart there for kind of keeping track of maybe your plate offering, your online offering, who's in small groups, that sort of stuff. Very simple, already dated. And it's smart, too. So as you type in the information, it'll go ahead and average out what your weekly giving was, what your monthly average was. So it kind of puts it all there together. We we built that for you guys. Um, and so if you'll just jump on our Twitter, go to that URL there. Our Twitter is at um, EST Church. And so we'd like to encourage everybody to kind of follow along with that. That's a free resource. And make sure, make sure now uh, – Everybody needs to tune in next week because we're giving away some pretty cool stuff just to our listeners. And so that's something that I want to encourage everybody to be a part of. Want to make yeah, a next quick... week's next week's cool. podcast is really good. It's you, very you gotta, good. You got to yeah. tune in. We'll just we'll just leave it hanging. Leave it hanging. And uh, not only is the content amazing, but uh, the the giveaways are amazing as well. Also, want to uh, just give a shout out to Chad Parker. He's the admin pastor at Royal Wood Church. He's following us on Twitter and engaged a little bit there. And so we appreciate. Him and all of you that are already on Twitter, make sure that you rate and review us on iTunes. Continue to grow the show, and uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.